Hello, Molo, Sawbona, Jumbo, and welcome to Every Nation Durban. We are part of a global family of churches with a purpose to honor God by establishing Christ centered, spirit empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris, and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China, and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance His kingdom. Good morning, everybody. I am not singing. I am not dancing. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to spare people from certain things. Trust me. I'm, I am that saved. Peer pressure ain't working on me. You can go, woohoo! You can go do it small all your life. And easy. At all. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Come on, we're in December. South Africa's favorite holiday. <laughs> How many prizes have you attended already? Ah. Twelve. Come on, that's it. You know? It's time for, it's, it's that time of the year. Enjoy your prize. January is coming. We were fast. <laughs> ah. Good to see everybody. And, um, you know, we've been doing the series called Gifted. Uh, it's been such an awesome series. You know, when I think about Gifted, right? Uh, there's a series, uh, I, I think about the X-Men. I'm sorry, I'm a nerd, so. If that, if that's not obvious by this time, uh, I think about X-Men, you think about superpowers, you think about, uh, you know, people who are able to do extraordinary things. And, uh, when we have a series called Gifted, that's what we are expected to do as a church. To live lives that are extraordinary. Lives that are supernatural. Lives that are beyond the normal, beyond the regular, uh, things that we do. And uh, last week we had Pastor Trish come and preach a wonderful message uh, that was Christmas themed in the dark. And it's not really in the dark, but maybe in the shade, in the heat. I <laughs> uh, was talking about unwrapping your gifts. If, uh, if there's one thing that I probably, uh, we, we all have this throughout the series, is this expectation and this angst to say, you know what, what is my gift? You know, am I expressing it? Those questions that we're working with, that we're dealing with. And um, that's good because we are meant to, 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 to live a life that is supernatural, a life that is uh, Holy Spirit empowered. Uh, Pastor Richard said something so, so profound the other day when he said, uh, when he was visiting us when Wayne was away, uh, enjoying weddings there. Shit. You know this guy, he's enjoying weddings. Yeah, people are brying, Wayne is just getting... He's marrying people all over the show. <laughs> so Pastor Richard said something so great. And he said, you know, we, when we think about uh, Christmas, we think about God with us. Emmanuel, you know, the incarnation that God came to dwell with man. And we forget the fact that God still dwells with us. That the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us. That we are carriers of his presence. That can be a little bit intimidating that, you know what, you are a carrier of God's presence. That we carry God's presence wherever we go. Whenever you hear that, it feels a little bit intimidating. Like, um, was I a carrier of God's presence in this morning when I didn't want to go to church or something like that? But the truth is, nonetheless, that when we are filled with God's spirit, we are carriers of his presence. We have an option to mute his presence and to unmute it. But he's still there. Unless you tell him, Jesus, leave me alone. Then he'll leave you alone. But the thing is that we all have um, this ability to walk in the spirit. To walk in a supernatural God's anointing just like Jesus did. One of the things that intimidate in the Bible is when Jesus says, um, I go to the Father, so greater things will you do than I. You're like, I bow. Walk on water. Water into wine. I know a lot of people have tried to do that. (laughs) 
heal the sick, you know, feed people like willy-nilly, appear in one place, disappear, you know, all those things, Uber is not required. That's a lot. And Jesus says, greater things will you do. It can come across as intimidating, but in actual fact, I believe it's an invitation more than anything. It's an invitation. You know, Jesus' coming on earth was not to show off. God didn't appear in, 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 on this earth to like, hold up, you know, let me show you how it's done, right? This is how to human right, okay? It was not for him to show off so we can step, step aside and look and marvel and go, wow, yo, you do this thing right. It was in more of an invitation of like, I can do it so you can do it too. It was more him calling us to say that, you know what, you can do the same thing as us. Uh, in every nation, there's this, uh, uh, one of our leaders, Steve Morrow, wrote this wonderful book. It's called um, uh, 100 Years From Now. And he talks about the weird and the dead. Um, you know that some churches can move to one extreme where we're so hyped up on the gifts of the Spirit, manifestation of the Spirit, that it becomes weird. And other churches can move to another extreme where we don't talk about the Spirit, we don't talk about the gifts of Spirit, no speaking in tongues, no mention of healing or anything of that nature. You know, God will do it in His own time. Don't say it. That it feels dead. There are those two things where it's like, it's about the Word. It's about manifestations of the, of, of the Spirit. It's, you know, there's these two tensions. And what he was saying is that we are called to live in the middle. To be both Spirit-empowered and Bible-based. That are, we have solid theology and we're Spirit-empowered. Most and often of the time, depending on your personality, you tend to lean on either side of the two. But God is calling us to walk in the middle. And, I be, and, and as we've been going through the series, it's been more of an invitation to say, hey, be activated in the Spirit. Live according to the Spirit. Uh, and I believe like to be in Africa, to be in this context, it is very important that we live by the Spirit. That we are Spirit empowered. I don't know about you, but I've been counted quite a lot of people who are going on a spiritual journey. That they are journeying spiritually and exploring whether it's African spirituality or Eastern or chakras and meditations and all of that, we're exploring. And for us as Christians, we can, you know, be quick to get the holy water and be like, come out you demon. But like, there's a certain thing in people that there's a longing for a supernatural encounter. Something transcendent and something beyond what we have in the natural. And hence why and, and, uh, Pastor Wayne started off the series by uh, reading 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 where, where uh, Paul said, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration, in demonstration of the Spirit and, uh, and of the power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. There's an OD missing over there. <laughs> That it's not only about persuasive words and wisdom, but we need to walk in the power of God. If we are to live as Christians in this country, in this continent, we need to be able to walk with the power of God. If you are to be able to be a parent and raise children in this country as a Christian, you need to be able to walk in the power of God. Because people are going to look at you and they're going to expect you to do certain offerings and certain things so that your children may go well and, you know, and all of those other things and, you know, spirits and all of... We need to be able to say, no, I trust in the power of God. That I'm reliant on the power of God. And we need to have it in manifesting. Because there's nothing more than that just stops the conversation than when the Holy Spirit shows up. When, you know, instead of prayer being that thing that we do, that old women do when we've failed, that we've, we've went to the doctors, we've tried everything, we've did all of that. When we say, oh no, let's, when we put our faith out there and say, let's pray. I'm trusting God for this. And we see God's, God move and God's power. It sort of like changes the conversation. Yeah. Even someone who's like staunch 
like, I don't know, non-believing or staunch into other forms of spirituality, when they see the power of God move, they can't help but to reevaluate. So, as Christians, we are meant to live and to walk in this great power, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Wayne preached uh, on, the, on the power gifts. He, um, he got the fun side of life, you know. He's preaching about supernatural healings, words and tongues and all of that. And it feels so supernatural and great and exciting and, you know, tongues and all of that. And... Um, Today, I'm going to talk to you about motivational gifts. Sometimes it feels less exciting because, you know, we're born with most of these things and they're linked into our character, but they are just as important. And they are just as needed for us to walk in the presence of God and to, walk, to, 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 to manifest the power of God. Uh, they are found in Romans 12, verse, I'm going to read from verse 4 up to 8. It goes like this. For just as each of us uh, have one body with many members... And these members uh, do not all have the same function. So is so in Christ we though, we though many uh, form one body, and each member belongs to the other. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. If if your if if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy with uh, according according with your faith. If it is if if it if it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then uh, give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, uh, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So what, what we find here is what we uh, are the seven gifts that are called motivational gifts. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I bought my own water bottle this time. I just forgot it up there. So what we find here is what we call the seven motivational gifts. And uh, the thing about the motivational gifts is that we're naturally born with them. That they are part of who we are. They're part of our personality. And they actually shape the way we view the world. And they shape the way we see things. And they shape the way we interact with each other. And for us to work together as a Christian, as Christians, as the body of Christ, we need to understand these gifts and we need to be able to discern these gifts because if we're not able to understand them and to appreciate them, we'll almost want to strangle each other all the time. Trust me, I've been there. You know, because like the truth is people don't see things the way you see them and people don't value things the way you value them. We have certain bents and we all have, we all are different and we all, it's not because people are trying to be stubborn, they just gifted differently than you are. So we need to understand these gifts in order for us to appreciate them. Because they, they are important. There is no gift that is insignificant, there's no gift that is lesser than any other gift. You know, uh, Paul here uses the illustration of the body. Uh, I think like, was it three months ago, uh, I was laying on the couch, watching TV, and I fell asleep in a very awkward position. And I woke up, like, this. I felt like this tiny, tiny muscle somewhere here. I think I pulled it. It was like just this sharp, 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 terrible pain. And for two hours, my neck was like this, because that's the only comfortable thing I could do, was just to keep my neck like this and try and rub and rub and rub this tiny, tiny, tiny little spot until, okay, after a while, yeah, I could move old age. I'm getting it. <laughs> until I could stretch out and be able to, you know, move freely. Because of a tiny, tiny spot, something, my whole body was not aligned, was turned crooked for a little while. Tiny muscle. And it's, in our culture, it's very easy to overlook certain gifts because others are more razzmatazz and they were all out there. But they're most they're important. For the body of Christ to work well, there needs to be harmony with the different gifts. And then all these gifts need to find expression. You know, like standing up, right? Standing up is very simple. Everybody, well, for most of us, standing up is this, one of the easiest things you could do. You know, you just stand. 
unless you like uh, Simbong, who sometimes you know <laughs> needs help <laughs> to stand straight. But like for us to stand, there's so many things that need to come into place. You know, you have these, these four, three, three on each side. These bones in your ear, they need to align properly. The fluid in them needs to be aligned properly. Your muscles need to contract and relax at the same time so that your center of gravity stays constantly between somewhere here because if this, if this muscle twitches, then you'll tilt forward and then and this muscle twitches, then you know, like it's so many tiny, tiny little adjustments that have to be made. But what we can see sometimes is that, ah, no, no, we're just standing up. You know, we've got strong legs. We have a posture. But so many things come into play. The same thing with the gifts of the spirit and the motivational gifts is that there's so many little things that have to come into play. And the truth is that we are not all gifted in the same way. We live in a world whereby we tend to emphasize certain gifts over the other. You know, we look at these gifts and we're like, prophecy, yeah! You know, I'm not going to ask anyone to stand up or line up or anything, but if we were to say, who, you know, who wants to get a prophetic word? You know, like, we'll be here all day, every day. And then we have another gift called serving. Who wants to serve? That list will be very short and will be very quick. <laughs> All right, thanks guys. Teaching. Short, quick. One, two, we're done. Giving. Even shorter than ever. <laughs> then we have leadership or administration. Leadership. You know, we even call it leadership because administration sounds to no leadership. Man, we have podcasts, vlogs, essays, you know, book series. We can fill the library, we can fill the ICC, and we can come and talk about leadership. Because leadership, it, it, it sounds good, ne? It sounds great. What do you do? I'm a leader. <laughs> you know, it has that ring to it. And the last one, mercy. Who's ready to go give? I think it's this one's coming in, you know. It's it's a new trend. It's coming in now. Giving, then not 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 serving. You know, it's Christmas, give back to the less fortunate. It's coming in. So the thing is, it's not that we're supposed to be like highlight leadership and prophecy and forget the other gifts. If we do that, then we'll have a body that's made up of legs and arms only. Imagine if you had your, if you only had legs and like instead of arms you had legs. You wouldn't be able to do this. Or this. You'd be able to text. Because your toes are not that good at it. So every gift is important. And it is important that every single one of us values these gifts. That we actually go for, we, we, we actually appreciate them. Because, because these gifts sort of come like in our personality that, that we've been wired with them from birth, it's very easy to overlook them and to look down upon them. Ah, no, this person likes, ah, no, let them serve. You know, they like serving, let them serve. You know, they like, ah, they like giving, you know, like donation form comes around, ah, not me, go find Andre or somebody, uncle, uncle. <laughs> not me, don't come here. We can, over, we can overlook these gifts and undermine them, but they are meant to play a crucial role in the church. They are meant to play significant roles in the church. And as a church, we need to appreciate them. Um, I, 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 I am a, quite a, you know, my natural gifting is probably leadership, serving, and teaching. Leadership, one, serving, second, teaching, the other. Motive, mercy, compassion, right there at the bottom. I don't want to lie. Right there with prophecy. They're like right there in the basement. They live together. Roommates. <laughs> Giving is, yeah, first level. You know, because of my natural bent and how I'm wired, I, overl- I, I overlook certain things. I remember this one time on campus, uh, in our campus team, it was myself, Mac, and uh, Fanele. I used to get on Mac's case all the time because he did not serve enough. Like, you don't serve. He used to get on, on my case all the time because I'm not encouraging enough. <laughs> Finally, I used to get on both of our cases all the time because we're not spiritual enough. <laughs> to her, I, I think she probably think we're just two heathens on a <laughs> campus. 
know, it's like she's prophetic. So for her, it's like, what is God doing in the moment and all of that? You know, and I'm like, we need to get it done. What is God doing? God said, go evangelize. That's what God is. What is God doing? God says, let's serve. Church starts in 10 minutes. Why do I? Prophetic word for who? Let's serve. <laughs> because of personality and bent, we can end up overlooking certain gifts. Especially the people that have leadership gifts. Ah, oh, my goodness, we are bulldozers. It's like, it's, e- it's, it's very easy to just like giving. Ah. Mm. Huh. How can we do this better? Always quick to make a plan. Wayne Ken is like very good with that one. He's like, so we need to do a drive. How can we do this? <laughs> Let's pull this. No, we're going to open this online platform. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. <laughs> and you have like the likes of Benina and Auntie Claire that are like, no. Let's get the food out there. Let's do that. And if we overlook certain gifts, the body will be skewed. We will not be able to be upright. Serving. Like, if we do not serve, the body will be skewed. I love these definitions of these spiritual gifts because sometimes when you think serving, what you think is... Uh, you think about uh, the people that pick up the litter on the street and we think, ah, those ones, yeah, they are anointed for such. But serving, this great definition says that serving is the God-given ability to identify and meet needs um, involved in doing God's work by utilizing any available resources, including their own, to, to help accomplish God's work. It's not about doing stuff. It's about getting things done. To accomplish God's work. When I think about serving, I think about NT. Yeah. Like NT, and sometimes I don't want to hang out with him at certain places because he's always finding things to do. It's like you know, he just like sitting still for him. It's like not a thing. Like we gotta do this, we gotta do that. And to me, it ends up being a thing of like I get you know. Rubbed up the wrong way. I'm like, I feel like I don't serve enough. <laughs> I get inspired to do more. When I think about encouragement, I think about sobs. You know, sobs is like always encouraging. When you ask him to do, sobs can't help but encourage. You ask him to organize something, he will encourage everyone. Like, but organize. <laughs> Before organizing, you will encourage. <laughs> so when you get around sobs, you kind of help it, but you want to encourage more. Like, I'm not that encouraging. I remember spending time with sobs. We're sitting by the beach and he's talking about inter- like this guy that he was sitting with on the street. And he's buying them food and he's encouraging him that he could do better. And I'm like, yo, my natural, my natural disposition is to like, okay, what's your problem? Oh, you don't have a job. Okay, so... You don't have a place to stay. How can we solve this? <laughs> Encourage for who? <laughs> but when we spend around, when we spend time with these individual gifts, we get inspired. But the thing is, when because of the fact that certain gifts are not supernatural and they're not like flashy like that, we can overlook them, and then we can end up, you know, appreciating NT because he wants to serve. And then NT becomes the only one who serves. And then we just like, we honor you. Stand up, NT. Oh, sobs. Yo, oh, things are bad. Call sobs. Sobs, come. Say something. <laughs> but the thing is, it's not that these gifts are meant to be like, because you're gifted at leading, that you must lead everything. That way, oh, we need to organize something. Call Wayne. He's going to organize it. That, you know... Your connect group needs to go in an outing that you need to find someone. Or small, come, do everything. You know, it's not that. It's the fact that these gifts are meant to be like a fragrance, like a flavor. You know, like you, when, you, when you come and you taste of this community, there must be a little bit of giving, a little bit of leadership, a little bit of all of that. And if that's your natural bent, your job and your role is to make sure that this flavor comes out. 
that you encourage other people. Because sometimes when we are gifted and God has bent us to a certain way, we can get to a point where we kind of like, uh, either we do it, we do it all by ourselves. Guilty here, right here. Like all the time, get it done by myself. Or we just sit and complain. We're like, I feel like we're not compassionate enough. I feel like we don't give. Like we just don't like talking about money. We don't give. But the truth is, is that if God has placed it in your heart, it is your responsibility to steward that gift so that we may have balance. It's not about dominating. It's not about taking the world and changing it so that everyone is just radical about compassion. It's about making sure that the people like me value it, appreciate it, and see it. It's making sure that people like Mac appreciate serving. That they appreciate the value of coming in and lifting up a chair every now and again. That it's something that every single one of us values and appreciates. And Paul uses this illustration of a body. It says we have a body and we have all these different members because we are all meant to carry these different roles and this responsibility. I think about our eldership team and, you know, how different gifted we are. And sometimes it's, it's very nice when you actually appreciate people for their gifts instead of complaining about them. You know, it's like, because you can get frustrating. When you sit in a meeting, you know Langa is going to be saying, Thus saith the Lord. Like, what is the, what is God? I hear, bro, I hear you, but what is God saying? Let's go pray about this. Let's seek God more. <laughs> you can get me and Wayne frustrated and we're like, guys, we get it. You need to move. <laughs> we just make a decision. Get, just get it done. <laughs> but because of that, we need to learn to honor it. Honor it because it's not your bent. We need people like him. And you have Navasha, who's always like, about compassion. We need to, you know, this impact part of the church. We need to have an expression of this impact. And, you know, we have sobs. Like, guys, we need to, you know, I feel like it's December time. People are tired. We need to, like, revive energy. Like, you know, it's so wonderful when you appreciate people for their gifting instead of being frustrated by the fact that they're not like you. Like, appreciate people. Just look around and, you know, we're laughing because we know these people. And we, and we, but like, we need to learn to appreciate them and call them out and support them in every way. It's not about dominating anybody. I don't know what your gift is uh, out of the seven. You've probably been able to look at them and explore them. But the most important thing is, is that it is the power of God resting in you. It's not about trying to convert. One of my favorite things about Christianity, and probably the reason that I became a Christian and I'm still a Christian, is because I thank God that I did not have to be like somebody else. Because I'm so weird, it's so awkward, it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard to be somebody else. One of my favorite scriptures is found in Colossians 1 verse 27. It says, Christ in you, the hope of all glory. Christ in you. Like, you know, the person who can't dance. Christ in you. You know, that there's still hope. You know how hard it is. 30 years and not being able to dance. My goodness. You know, like, had to like develop certain inner strength especially when you're black and everyone's like okay let's go left and you're like going right (laughs) but the point is christ in you the hope of all glory that god has specifically made every single one of us in a certain way and has given us certain giftings so that his glory may be manifested in this earth we can go and read as many leadership books as we want, but if, I'm, if, we're, if, we're, if we're mercy motivated, we are robbing the world and we are robbing the church. We are meant to lead. Don't, don't get me wrong. Leadership is great. We're meant to lead. We're meant to lead ourselves and we're meant to do it. But sometimes that's not the flavor that you're meant to bring on this earth. What's your flavor? Are you letting it breathe? 
You know, are you, you know, like when you walk into, when you walk into like uh, one of these uh, fragrance shops, right? There's like, there's so many different fragrances. You know, what's that shop called? Raindrop or something? Yeah, so you just walk in there. It feels like this, you know, I don't know, like you're going to see a leprechaun or like a hobbit pop out somewhere. <laughs> because of these, just this weird smells that everywhere. That's, you know, sort of what God wants is this multi, this mixture of different giftings and all of that. And it is up to us to make sure that these gifts are expressed. That your flavor is manifested, that we see it. Because otherwise you are robbing us. You know, as a kid, um, we were in, in primary school. We used to have, uh, I hated this. I feel like it's like every, bad when it comes to primary school in my life has everything to do with the subject called arts and culture. <laughs> Never understood why we had to do potato print. I mean, like, honestly, my goodness. <laughs> like, you know, like getting us to do music. Like, I don't want to sing. <laughs> but there's this project we used to do as kids where we, um, we used to have been given different projects. It's like we need to get pictures of items that are found in the kitchen and we would go home and pile up a stack of magazines and cut them out and paste them in A4 paper. I secretly think that our teachers made us do this because they were just bored and they just wanted to make us just look busy. (laughs) So you have to paste all these pictures. It was kitchen items, technological stuff. You know, there was a flavor of the month, new things every day. The problem was is that most of us would probably like find like 10 TVs and you can't find a, a DVD player, or you find like spoons, or you can't find all of this, and you can't, and it was just such a mess, it was so stressful. And then when you get to school in the morning before assembly, it was, it became like a marketplace. Like, okay guys, I got 10 TVs. Does anyone have a DVD player? Do you have the DVD player? Okay, you got a DVD, there we go. Like, do you, what do you have? What, what do you have? Do you have like a, um, I don't know, a DSTV decoder? Okay, you've got an, uh, you've got a, a Joshua door catalog. And it will become this bartering system that to get this project done. And the, and, and the crazy thing about those projects is that if you were so prideful that you didn't want to share, you will never get your project done. And if you were so arrogant that um, you didn't want to ask for help, you will never get your project done. It's sort of like how life is when it comes to these giftings, is that we need them. We need each other. Like, I need NT to help. (laughs) We need sobs to encourage. We need these different gifts. And as we go, we need people to give. Like people that are passionate about giving. T is so passionate about giving that I, giving that I have to stop him sometimes. Like, stop it. <laughs> no, we're not, walk away, walk away, go that way. We need people like that. We need people all in, in all of these gifts. And, 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 and it's important for us to identify these gifts and make sure that they get expressed in every single way. That we call them out, that we do not want to be like you know, I don't know, the flavor of the month, we want to be Stephen Furtick, we want to talk like him, walk like him, smile like him, and do all the things that he does, but like, to be you, to be authentically you. And that's where God gets the most glory, is that when we are authentically us. If I were to wrap up this series and summarize it in a way, I would summarize it uh, with the scripture, First Peter 4 verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve others. The first one is God has given us gifts. No one here is without a gift. You cannot say you are not gifted. I know in the world we like this thing of false humility that, you know, yeah, like... Yeah, you can't do everything well. You know, in the church, you're supposed to say it's all God's glory because if you say, I'm good at it, then you're being prideful. You know, but the truth is that we all have gifts. 
that God has given us gifts. But also that God has an expectation on us to use them well. You know, when we think about this thing called sin, we always think about the obvious things. Drunkenness, you know, sexual immorality, and we think about stealing, corruption, and we think about all those and we call that sin. Ooh, disgusting, sin, all of that. But there's one sin that we sometimes like overlook and that's the sins of omission. Like the sins of not expressing your gift to its fullest. But the scripture says, use your gifts well. If you are not using your gifts well, you are sinning. If you are not growing in your gift and you're hiding it because you're afraid of what this person might say, or you're afraid that you might be taken advantage of, you're afraid of this, afraid of that. I think Pastor Trish preached a great word on not being afraid to open up and unwrap your gift. Use your gifts. Leave this world empty. Grow in them. In my life, it's so ironic that God likes to hijack my hobbies. Like I was a kid, when I was a kid, my hobbies were, was just computers. I broke my first computer at age 14 or something. I blew it up, literally. I was like, what does this button do? And then, <laughs> then I spent forever trying to fix it. And then I had to learn about every single part, power supplies, you know, RAMs and all of this and all of that. It took me forever. It was difficult and it was all of that. Then afterwards, I'm able to use my understanding of, conf- of computers to glorify God. Because of just curiosity that God has given me. That's just me. What is, what, what, what is your curiosity? What is your passion? What has is, what is God given you? And are you, stewing it, are you stewarding it well? Are you using it well? Are you growing in it? Are you like so good at it that you know people can look and marvel and be like, yeah, no. If your gift is giving, are you working hard at making sure that you give more than you can actually possibly ever can? Because sometimes we can think, ah, no, let me just go. Or if your gift is serving, are you making sure that, you know, my gift is to serve and you're making sure that you're calling others around you to serve, that you can see that the value of serving, writing a vlog or a blog about serving, making it a thing. Not something that we write in church catalogs just to convince people that God you need to serve. Please, it's spiritual, guys. <laughs> that we are being called up, that we're stewarding our gifts well. And finally, it says it's for the benefit of others. Sometimes we don't want to use our gifts because we feel like we, we are afraid of being taken advantage of. That we are afraid that, you know what, you are going to be taken advantage of. People are going to take you on, on a ride or, or, or abuse you. But the point is, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? If, if you serve because someone convinced you to serve, then you're not being faithful to what God has called you to. If you give because someone convinced you and Andre sat here and read like a long scripture and tried to convince you to die, (laughs) then you're not doing what God has called you to do. But if you are being led by the Spirit, there's nothing more important and powerful than being led by the Spirit. Being convicted by God to you. I'm convinced that I need to do this. Not that you know you are persuaded by clever arguments. That you are persuaded by the flavor of the month sermon that you need, to, you need to do this, you need to do all of that. But when you are convinced that it is, it, for me to do this will give God glory. That's what we need to live for. And when we live from that place, we can never ever have a point where you feel like you're being taken advantage of. And one of the things that is most significant that we need to remember is that we are gifted, we are not the gift. That if people reject your gift, they're not rejecting you because you are not the gift, you are gifted. If people overlook your gift and overlook all your hard work, then it doesn't matter because you are gifted. You are not it. Like one of the things that changed my world ever was Gogo Elmer preaching on Westville campus and he says, 
Spiritual maturity is when you're able to do something and not expect anyone to see it and give you a round of applause. I mean, like, that burnt me. I'm like, I was just like, ooh, my goodness, you know. (laughs) When we're able to say, you know what, I do this because of who I am, not because of what you are or what you're going to say to me. That it's fine that, you know, you might be the greatest teacher that we have ever heard, that you find an expression for your gift, do not sit there and complain that you never get the time to teach. I'm not expressing my gift because, you know, at church, they don't allow me to preach. It's always Wayne. It's always, you know, small. And like, I could do that sermon better. I could probably, like, you see these points, I could break them down like that. You know, or you just like me, every time you walk into a place, you're like, yo, what are we doing here? This system is not working. You know, if you close that, you do, you, sometimes you just got to chill, you know, put it aside. <laughs> Because, you know, it's not necessary. <laughs> you, so there's a point and a place for your gift. And there's a point to express your gift. But sometimes it's not necessary. Because that's ultimately, at the end of the day, is to serve God and to glorify others. It's not to bring glory unto yourself. And truly, if we are gifted, we, our greatest passion and desire is to see others grow in that gift. To see others that are like-minded, that are passionate, that even if they're not passionate, that they can grow in it. You know, I think I'm, yeah, you know, Dina is like, I've, I've, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. He's like one of the world's greatest salesmen. It's just so low-key. Because if he's passionate about something, you will know about it. Like, he'll convince you that you need to support Liverpool. <laughs> just because they're winning, Jay, after 30 years of just being terrible. <laughs> just <laughs> because he's passionate about it. Like, all of us need to be in a place where we are passionate, we are so passionate about what God has given us that we use it to, gl- to glorify God and to serve others, but not to glorify self, to grow in it, to make sure that we, li- we live a life where all these gifts are on full display. Because God has given us these gifts and has given, made us so wonderful and so unique. We are so capable of such great things. Our problem is that our definition of great is not God's definition of great. What is God's definition of great over your life? God's definition of great over your life is living 100% expressing your gift. Living in total obedience. All the time. Not trying to be like somebody else. 100% in total obedience. As I come to close, there's this uh, verse that I I was just prepping and it just slapped me upside the head. And I think it was wonderful. Uh, In Isaiah 49 verse 1, it says, Listen to me, all you in distant lands. Pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. The Lord has called you. In your mother's womb, he has called you by name. He has gifted you. He has graced you. People might not see it. People might not appreciate it. But it doesn't matter because you are not doing it for them. You, every single one of us, are fearfully and wonderfully made. And if we take our gifts and we slip them under the carpet, it is like taking chunks of ourselves and putting them away. One of my favorite songs uh, has this line. It says, breaking, breaking a heart is a silent art. You pull the pieces apart by putting who you are in a jar. Breaking a heart is a silent art. You pull the pieces apart by putting who you'll be in a jar. That to degrade yourself, to degrade your life, to degrade who God has called you to be is a silent art. It's very simple. It's very easy. When you take those little passions and you hide them away, you just take these other things. Oh, no, that's, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't fit in this environment. There's no room to express it. Um, people, won't under, people won't understand. 
and we all do all those things, we just deconstruct who God has called you to be. Instead of being proud and being able to express that we are extraordinary beings that are gifted beyond our imagination. Not that we are meant to be proud, proudful about it, but we, we are special. Not unique, not like above anybody else special, but you're special in your own way, you know. Uh, can we all please stand as we just uh, go to, draw to a close? <clears throat> I think it's been a great series. It's been a challenging series. The thing about us as a church is that we, we are here to empower you not to entertain. The series has been about what is your gift? You know, wake it up, dust it up. Let us see it shine. Let us see it being expressed. Let us see your gift for the glory of God. And I want us to take this moment and just, you know, let's just press in and just like think about what God has called you to. Think about the gifts, think about your talents, think about all of those things. And uh, I just, for some of us, I just feel like God wants to affirm us. We feel overlooked, we feel like we're not good enough, we feel like, you know, no one sees what we do or no one sees who we are. And sometimes we want to perform. And we, you know, you know, like children, right? When children have this thing of always wanting attention. Of like, look at me, I can do this. Look at me, I can do this. And I feel like God is just saying, I see you. And I just take this moment and receive that. God sees. God appreciates. He's excited about the thing that you do, that you did. To you, it was a big deal, but no one else saw it. No one else appreciated it. And above it all, I feel like it's just like, come on, do some more. I feel like there are things that you've put aside that you'd like, you don't want to do it. And I feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit is bringing them up. It's just bringing into remembrance of the things that you're passionate about, of the things that God has called you to. And he's just like, remember this? And church, let us be obedient. Let us be faithful with what God has given, with what God has given us. Let us be faithful in this moment. Take note of all these things. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that you... Lord, you see us, Lord God. You see our insecurities. You see our weaknesses. You see where we fall short. You see where we, where we feel unappreciated, overlooked, undermined. And you see us, God. And every single one of us, you're saying, you, this is my child in whom I'm well pleased that it pleased you to have your son being sacrificed so that his Holy Spirit may come down and fill every single one of us for your glory. That you, it is your pleasure, it is your delight for your spirit to dwell on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit delights in being in every single one of us. I feel like some of us, you feel, you feel like, you know, you've just, he's just stuffed in there somewhere on the side. He doesn't really want to be there. But the truth is, he wants to be there. He wants to invade every room, every area, every part of your personality, every part of who you are. Lord, I pray that Jesus, that you help us, Lord God, to live to the fullness of what you have called us to that Christ may fully dwell in us. 
Holy Spirit, come inside of us. Empower us, Lord God, to give you glory, to give you honor, to bring, give you fame. We honor you, God. We praise you, Lord God. In your holy name. Amen. So what stood out to me, church, is that we are carriers of God's presence. So if we're carriers of God's presence, we each have a gift, a spiritual gift. Some of us more than one. If you haven't found that gift yet, but you want to know what it is, please Join us after the service. Come to the front. We'll pray with you because we want each and every one of you to operate in the spiritual gifts that God has called you to. So please don't rush off. Come come to the front. We'd love to pray with you. The Word of God says, by the laying of hands, gifts are released. So even if you desire a gift and you feel like a stirring but you haven't identified it, come to the front. We're going to pray with you and we're going to trust the Holy Spirit to release that gift to you and to empower you to operate in it. Amen? Okay. So we're just going to bless you now as you go off. We're going to bless you for this week. So Father, just close your eyes and just receive. Open up your hearts to receive. You are blessed people and you're coming in and going out. You are blessed and highly favored. You are sons of the Most High God. It is His peace that rules and reigns over your life. It is His peace that directs you. It is His love, His kindness towards you that works all things out for your good. He loves you. You are created and called for His purpose, for His plan. May you abide in His will. May you abide in his precious will. May you hear his voice. May you be led by your Father, led by his Spirit. May you prosper in all things because your souls prosper in him. We thank you, Father, that your word is yes and amen in our lives. Have a great week, church. We will see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes and offering, please visit our website www.endurban.org to get our bank details and zapper code. Have a safe and blessed week.